Welcome to It's Time, the daily teaching ministry from the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. On today's episode of It's Time, we'll listen to Senior Pastor Mike Kessler as he teaches in the book of 2 Samuel. This book is especially important as it focuses entirely on the life of King David, the line of Christ. Examining the triumphs and troubles of David, we can learn a lot about being a person after God's own heart. With the timely study on 2 Samuel, here's Pastor Mike. So Abner now, who has been uh, a loyal, he said, look, I've been loyal to your family all along. What, what have I done to do this? Am I a dog's head of Israel? You know, I mean, why are you treating me like this? So he says, may God do so to Abner and more. If I do not do for David as the Lord has sworn to him. So he knew that he was in rebellion to God because he knew that David was to be the next king over all of Israel. And yet Abner was supporting Isbeneth. He said, if as the Lord has sworn to him to transfer the kingdom from the house of Saul and to set up the throne of David over Israel and over Judah and from, from Dan to Beersheba. He's saying, listen, David's going to get it all. He's saying, I was the one that was helping you stay in power. And because you made this, this um, accusation against me, now I'm going to make sure that it doesn't stay in your hand anymore. And he could not answer Abner another word because he feared him. You see, the problem is truth is always stronger than a lie. And truth will always eventually win out. You know, the old saying, you can fool some of the people some of the time, and all of the people part of the time, but you're not going to fool everybody all of the time. Eventually, the truth does come out, and that's what will sink a person. So he didn't answer him another word because he feared him. Then Abner sent messengers on his behalf to David, saying, Who's in the land? Saying also, Make your covenant with me, and indeed my hand will be with you to bring all of Israel to you. And David said, Good, I will make a covenant with you. But one thing I require of you, that you will not see my face until you first bring Michal, uh, Saul's daughter, when you come see my face. Now, Michal was actually promised to David when he killed Goliath. And when he killed Goliath, Saul said, Whoever kills the, the giant will be tax-free Uh, They'll get their 501c3. Uh, They're going to be tax-free, and they're also going to get my daughter to marry. Well, we remember because of Saul's hatred of David, he gave Michal to another man. Now, David should have just left the past alone here, but he didn't do it. I mean, mean, you know, going back to verses uh, 2, 3, 4, and 5, he was a busy fellow. He didn't need another one. But evidently there was something within Saul that he didn't want to really let go of those things of the past. And friends, sometimes the things of our past can drag us down and hurt us. And so he, he, it says that, yeah, you can come to me, Abner, but if you're going to come, you bring Michal with you. I, I want to see her. I want her back. So David sent messengers to Ispeneth, Saul's son, saying, Give me my wife, Michal, whom I betrothed to myself for a hundred foreskins of the Philistines. Uh, We remember not only did he kill the giant, but then uh, Saul thought, well, you know what? I'll have him go out as a dowry and give me a hundred foreskins of the Philistines. And uh, one out of a hundred, somebody's going to kill David. Because that's not something generally guys just give up without a fight. If you know what I'm saying. And, you know, pretty soon, you know, you, you know... 
you know, you, you know, word gets around by about probably the 50th person that David is kind of looking around for uh, something here. And, uh, you know, think about it for a minute. So Saul's thinking, well, David will get killed. My problems will be over. This anointed one of God, ha, I'll foil the plan of God. And so David brings back a hundred foreskins of the Philistines and says, here you go. And it says he counted them out. Now that's an interesting thought. I won't touch that, but it is interesting. So David's messengers went. And so it says, and Isbeneth sent and took her from her husband, from Paltel, the son of Lachis. Then her husband went along with her to Baharum, weeping behind her. So Abner said to him, go returned, and he returned. Now Abner had communicated with the elders of Israel, saying, in times past you were seeking for David to be king over you. Now then do it. For the Lord has spoken of David, saying, by my hand of my servant David, I will save my people Israel from the hand of the Philistines and from the hand of all their enemies. So now we find Abner making a statement. So now Ismaneth is kind of a whip pup. David writes him a letter and says, listen, this is what I want. And so Abner, because he no longer has his support anymore, now Ismaneth just does what he's told to do. And so now he addresses the elders of Israel, those 11 tribes, and says, look, you've been wanting David as your king for a long time. Now, okay, now's your chance. Now do it. And so Abner spoke in the hearing of Benjamin. Then Abner also went to speak in the hearing of David in Hebron and all that seemed good to Israel and the whole house of Benjamin. So Abner and his 20 men with him came to David at Hebron and David made a feast for Abner and the men who were with him. And Abner said to David, I will arise and go and gather all of Israel to my Lord, the king, that they may make a covenant with you and that you may reign over all your heart desires. So David sent Abner away and he went in peace. Now, sometimes in the Bible, you just wish that you could just put a period there and that would be the end, (laughs) you know, but that's not what happens here because you see Abner was the one who killed Joab, David's right hand guy's brother. And Joab, as most men and most women, have vengeance against somebody and, and they plot out a scheme to even the balances, you might say. Not, again, forgetting the past. Again, friends, forgetting the past is an important thing. And I'm not talking about unless if there's a crime involved or something, but I am saying this. Sometimes you just realize things are under the blood of Christ and let it go. Well, that person was really mean to me and my ex is... You just got to let it go. Because if you don't, those things will destroy you. Do you you think a lot of times the people you are so angry at are losing one second of sleep over you being angry with them? So why do you trouble yourself? Because because you're mad at them. You just just have to say, okay, God, it's under your blood. You work out. That's why the Bible says to pray for your enemies. And again, the reason why I believe this is because it's healthily, it's, it's, it's mentally healthily good to do that. Because if you go around seeking vengeance all the time, you may even get your chance for that vengeance, friends. But the ultimate will be that of destruction of you. 
Because again, God wants to do something in you to show you that he's bigger than the person that's coming against you. God will deal with them. And I guarantee you something. God deals with these people in a much different way than you would. And when God is on somebody to deal with them, man, I'll tell you something. All the king's horses and all the king's men won't put them back together again when God deals with them. So letting God be God, friends, it's one of the hardest things, I believe, oftentimes in a born-again Christian's life because we, we're so used to taking things into our own, own hands. That's the old sin nature. I mean, I mean I'm going to wheel and deal and I'm going to connive and scheme and lie and cheat and steal and pull and do. You know. God says, no. If there's something wrong here, let God sort it out. God's going to take care of it. Just let him do that. Because again, God's God, and God has a way of dealing with people who are of this nature. And so David sent Abner away, and he went in peace. Again, I wish this was the, I wish there was the period was right here, but it's not. Verse 22, at that moment, the servants of David and Joab came back from a raid and brought back a lot of spoil with them. But Abner was not with David in Hebron, for he had just sent him away, and he'd gone in peace. And when Joab and all the troops that were with him had come, they told Joab, saying, Abner, the son of Ner, came to the king, and he has sent him away, and he's gone in peace. And Joab came to the king and said, What have you done, David? Look, Abner came to you. Why is it that you are sending him away? And he's already gone? In other words, he's saying, Look, he's your enemy. I know this guy. He's an enemy. He's a rascal. You can't trust him. What would you let him go for? You set him away in peace. Now, this is interesting because you have something interesting here. You have advice coming from somebody that you trust that is opposite to what God has placed in your heart. That's a hard decision, isn't it? Because you have to go by, friends, not what everybody else tells you sometimes. You have to go by what God tells you. You know, I, I see lots of times people, and they just go for one person to the next, one person to the next, one person to the next, trying to find somebody that will agree with what they're saying. Rather than just going and saying, you know, God, what do you say about this? Can I own up to what I've been doing? Or, or Lord, is this really what you want for my life or whatever? Well, what do you think I should do? 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 You know, dear Ann Landers, I am desperate now. I've asked everybody and I thought I would ask you. You know, a lot of times we're looking for information. Now, the Bible does tell us in Proverbs, there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors, but ultimately, friends, ultimately, it's still what God tells you to do. You might have everybody in the world saying, don't go be a missionary, but if God's got that call in your life, you've got to go. See, a lot of times we want to, you know, we say, well, God's will is kind of like the elections. And the ones that have the most advice are the ones that I listen to uh, and th- so in other words, if I go to like 12 people, you know, and like three of them say to go and like nine of them say to stay, well, I guess God's will is for the nine of them to stay. I got an idea, novel concept. Don't you think? Ask God and see what peace he puts in your heart. Do you know, you know, ha- ha- has anybody here ever done something wrong and you know it, you know, that weird feeling that you get, you just go. This is wrong. <laughs> no, you just know. Something ain't right. You just know down in your soul. Have you ever had God tell you something that you absolutely knew to be true? And this is what God wanted. It didn't matter what anybody else said. I've been that way. 
where God has told me something and I know absolutely this is what I'm supposed to do. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says. I will not budge from that because I know that's what God's told me. Now, friends, see, again, it doesn't matter if there's 5,000 people that are saying, oh, it doesn't matter. Listen, if God told you something, you do that. Well, here you find that David has got this advice coming from Joab saying, what did you let him go for? He's your arch enemy. He's the other side of the dark force, Luke. What did you let him go for? Well, what is this that you have done? Surely you realize that Abner, the son of Ner, came to deceive you. To know you're going in and you're coming out and to know what you're doing. And when Joab had gone from David's presence, he sent messengers after Abner who brought him back at the well of Sarah, of, of Sirah, but David did not know it. And when Abner had returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside to the gate to speak with him privately and there stabbed him in the stomach so that he died in the blood of Ashel, his brother. So uh, we find here it was simply for revenge. So what he was telling David, he was trying to convince David that uh, he was nothing more than a rascal and a spy. But in reality, Joab had a vengeance against him and wanted to have him killed. And so he used that as a pretense. Now, you don't think that this gets noticed, but let me tell you, friends, it does. And it wasn't until David is on his deathbed And he's dying and he looks at Solomon. He says, Solomon, be sure to kill Joab for what he did to him. I think it's interesting. It took a lifetime to catch up, but it does catch up, friends. There's a lot of people who live in their past and it does catch up. You know, I look at that and you see that in people's lives today. But it catches up and it does. And so he says, verse 28, Afterward, when David heard it, he said, My kingdom and I are guiltless before the Lord. Forever the blood of Abner, um, uh, 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 forever of the blood of Abner, the son of Ner. See, David knew it was murder. He knew it was wrong, and he knew there was a premeditatedness about it. See, all that other stuff, that other words about always oh, a spy, he's a that, that's smoke and mirrors, you might say. You know, it's the real motive that's down in the heart and only God knows it and David knew it. And so he says, let it rest on the head of Joab and on all of his father's house and let there never fall to, fail to be in the house of Joab one who has a discharge of a leper or who leans on the staff or falls on the sword who lack, uh, uh, or who lacks bread. It's interesting here. He says who, um, let there, I think it's kind of a weird thing. He says here, let there never fail to be in the house of Jacob one who has a discharge or a leper or leans on his staff or, falls or lacks bread. He basically cursed him. He's saying, may there always be somebody in the house of Joab that has this curse upon them. So Joab and Abishai, his brother, killed Abner because they had killed their brother, Ashiel, at Gibeon in the battle. Then David said to Joab and to all the people who were there with him, tear your clothes, gird yourself with sackcloth, mourn for Abner, and the king 
David followed the coffin. Now, this is interesting because, again, you have to remember, to the 11 tribes of Israel in whom Abner was trying to unite to David's side, Abner was a very key guy in in uniting Israel together, and Joab goes out and kills him, and that's got to make the other 11 tribes go, hmm, what's really going on here? You're trying to unite us to David, and then your right-hand guy kills Abner. This doesn't look right. And so David then tears his clothes. And by the way, friends, David acted very, very wisely in this situation. He didn't just say, well, he's got a problem. Hope he figures it out. See you later. He, he became very much involved in this, tore his clothes, followed the coffin. Everybody in Israel knew that David did not want to see Abner die. And this, friends, is a very important thing because the thing is, David was not part of the plot to kill him. So notice it says, Verse 32, so they buried Abner in Hebron and they, the king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner and all the people wept. So it, it, was, it wasn't just eye service. It wasn't just something. He was genuinely moved with compassion for this man. It's interesting that David always was that way though. He always had a soft spot in his heart for his enemy. Now friends, this is I think something that God in fact does honor. Because again, you remember that as Saul's trying to kill him, David is always trying to protect him. Uh, and now you find David, this guy, uh, David, who could have been his worst enemy, uh, he came to him in peace. And so David now is lamenting Abner's death. And so the king sang a lament over Abner and said, should Abner die as a fool dies? Your hands were not bound, nor your feet put into fetters. As a man falls before wicked men, so you fell. Now, it's interesting here in this lament that he made, he said that Joab was a wicked man. He said, you weren't, you, you know, uh, he was stabbed under a pretense, actually, a peace. Then all the people wept over him again. Verse 35, then all the people came to persuade David to eat food while it was still day. And David took an oath saying, God do so more to me if I also, if I taste bread or anything else till the sun goes down. In other words, he was fasting because he saw Abner, a person who was trying to bring the kingdom of Israel to him. David, I think, recognized uh, uh, Abner's, um, you might say, call or responsibility in the kingdom of heaven to fulfill what Samuel had told David, that he'd be the next king over Israel. He didn't probably see how that could ever happen. But now here you find uh, Abner coming, fulfilling, David seeing God fulfilling his word through Abner, and then Joab kills him because of his hatred and because of his vengeance. And so all the people took note of it. And it pleased them, since whatever the king did pleased the people. And so uh, it's interesting, it says that it pleased all of Israel when they saw that David genuinely not only wept over him, lamented over him, and wouldn't eat anything, fasted over him, you might say, that it pleased the people. For all the people and all of Israel understood that day that it had not been the king's intent to kill Abner, the son of Ner. Friends, that is one of the most important um, uh, political things that David needed. Because if any way David was, was part of that, the nation of Israel would have never, never came around David. And so um, David's, I think, genuineness came out here in who he really was. In verse 39, it says, verse 38, excuse me, it says, Then the king said to the servants, Do you not know that a prince 
and a great man has fallen this day in Israel. And I am weak today, though the anointed, uh, through the, uh, though the anointed king and these men, the son of Zorah, are too harsh for me. The Lord will repay the evildoer according to his wickedness. This is interesting because Joab, again, is David's commander of his army. And so now David basically has cursed him several times in this chapter for what he did. Because again, David could see the hand of God in Abner's life bringing the nation of Israel to him. Now friends, there's a lot of things you can see here, but you can see one thing for sure. God says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I believe that's a very true statement. And to let God be God. Let God deal with the situation. He knows how to deal with it. We find Joab did not deal with it well and caused, ultimately, his own death. Now, as I look at this, there's many things that you can gather here. And, of course, we understand, don't go into battle ill-prepared. Because, again, going into battle ill-prepared will cost you. We also find here, again, this situation where David blessed his enemies or blessed those that were at one time contrary to him. He even included them. We see the deceit of Joab saying, ah, he was nothing but a spy. He came here to find your going ins and coming out and to find out everything that you're doing. When really Joab had another motive to go after Abner and that was to kill him. You see the wickedness and the deceitfulness of of men's hearts. You know, the Bible says only God really knows us inside. And that's why I believe, again, as you look at this, you always got to go back to what God says and say, Lord, you, you got to help me here. Because if I just see things in the natural or in the carnal or do what, you know, do what feels right, Luke, you know, it's the worst advice you can have. If you did according to your feelings, friends, you would destroy your life. You have to, not, you have to go and say, Lord, I need to separate my feelings from the real issue here. What is the real issue? What do you want me to do about it? My feelings say to go do this. But God, you say to do this. And you know what? Impulsive behavior always leads to regret. Impulsive behavior always leads to regret. Friends, be careful of impulsive behavior. Whether it's in things you say, whether it's in things that you sign, No matter what it is, be careful of impulsive behavior. Remember, David waited seven and a half years as king over Judah for God to do the rest of the work to bring the entire nation under his control. He was still lacking 11 of the other tribes. And in God's time, he worked that out. So again, being patient with God, so important. Not taking matters into your own hands. Not letting vengeance begin to control your life. And that's Pastor Mike Kessler, Senior Pastor at the River Christian Fellowship with Second Samuel on It's Time. If you'd like to have your own copy of today's episode, you can obtain one for free from the daily iTunes podcast. If you want a hard copy, you can give us a call at 800-357-4226 to place your order. And while you do that, don't forget that Second Samuel is part two of the First and Second Samuel series available from the River Christian Fellowship. Please tune in next time for another relevant Bible study on It's Time.